Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday morning. This is uh this might be our first AM recording that we're going live. I know we've gone early, never this early. Richie's definitely hung over. Myself, TJ <laughs> Pittenger, um, coming off a big FSU hoops win. And we are sandwiched right in the middle of it because we've got another FSU hoops game coming up tomorrow. Women play today. Uh, baseball going for the sweep against Miami. We got a bunch of stuff going on. But Richie, how you doing this morning besides hungover? Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm fighting through it. This is my uh, my Jordan flu game, so uh, I'm here. Had a had a blast, man, uh, watching uh, all the madness the past few days. And I, at first, I wasn't sure how I would like March Madness starting on a Friday, but it ended up being great because I left work early Friday. You know, just watched basketball nonstop all weekend, and you know that's why we're going live early right now we do not want to compete with march madness you know we, we think you guys like us that's why you tune in but we we're not dumb enough to think you're gonna watch us over march madness so i'm uh, happy to be here yeah and the our women we just coach yeah. wyckoff just tweeted us but our women play tonight at 7 30 on espn2 i know that um a lot of you are going to be watching the men's tournament, but keep an eye on that women's matchup. They're the number nine seed going up against number eight. Um, so check them out today uh, as they play against Oregon State. Again, 730 on ESPN2. Uh, Double Fries No Salt brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. Appreciate their partnership and their support. And we've got a fun show lined up today. We are going to jump right into it with um, an interview, and I'm going to add him to the chat, Mr. Paul Aloisi. I got that right, I believe. Uh, Paul is a national champion uh, on the 2013 team at FSU, a criminal defense attorney, and NFL agent. Paul, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing better now that I'm on here with you guys, and uh, <laughs> honored that you guys invited me on after I've been listening to so many other great, you know, former Florida State players and Florida State coaches on this on this podcast. You're already on the show, man. You you don't gotta gas us up like that, but we appreciate it. <laughs> we I'm trying, uh, to get back. I'm trying to get invited back. You know, <laughs> you can come back with us anytime, man. We're we're, we're always honored to have people that want to hang out and, and chill with us. It's been a fun, been a fun ride. You've been a supporter since the beginning. Um, oh, yeah. I, I remember you, but you were tagging us from the very start, <laughs> tagging us and stuff and um, oh, yeah. sharing, sharing our show and stuff. So we, we definitely appreciate it. And uh, we're happy to have you here. So um, I, we talked about that 2013 team before we jump into that. I want to ask you, I mean, you're still in Tallahassee, correct? Yes. Um, yes, double fries. No, uh, is the name of the show. We wanted to go something everybody's like unconquered or spear or, you know, tribe or whatever. So we went kind of off the wall, but tell me you put down some Guthrie's in your day, right? Like you, you, you oh, put yeah. it away when you were there, right? Oh yeah. The, the best, that was one of the best parts of going out. Right. I mean, like, you know, on a Friday or Saturday, well, really, you know, the in football season, you got to go out Saturday night after the game. But yeah, if you hit Coliseum on a Saturday night when that was popping in undergrad, Guthrie's is conveniently right across the street. So, you know, whether you were crawling across the street to get there, running across the street to get there, it was definitely part of the way home. Yeah, no, absolutely. And same, same now. Like if you're up there partying on a Friday night before the game, 
Nothing else is open in LA. You might, you exactly. might sit in that drive through for 45 minutes, but you're going to be there <laughs> going and getting that on the way home. And I don't know what's in that smell, but the smell is just enticing. Oh, I mean, I don't know if there's anything wow. in, in town that can really just draw somebody in like that. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. So we we like to take it pretty light around here. So we usually open people up with that. I tell people this like beforehand, but I asked, uh, I, I, did you see the Charlie Ward episode? Did you, yeah. did you see, did you remember? I, I tell people now, but like I asked him if he'd ever had Guthrie's and here goes like the greatest quarter. Well, I'm, I'm a Jameis fan, but like the greatest quarterback in you know school history is like, I'm a vegan TJ. Sorry. And I'm like, Dude, come on with that. Like, go get some fries, bro. Like, exactly. yeah. if anyone's going to do that to you and show you up, it's Charlie Ward. I mean, that's just how great of a human being he is. I uh, mean, like, I don't eat meat like that. Like, you're killing yourself with that fry. I'm like, dude, just get out of here. <laughs> Tell us about beating Nebraska and go on. <laughs> so, yeah. um, talk to us about your time at Florida State. So, you walked on, which is uh, a whole different animal than, you know, some of the guys that we've talked with and almost demands like more respect right like then these i mean in some respects right like you had to you weren't, just, you weren't just like five-star recruit that came in and was able to just like take everything and be given everything not not that those guys right. don't work don't don't get me right. wrong but you had to bust your butt just to be there you know you kind of remind me of like i wouldn't have been able to do it but like if i wanted to go out and do it like that's like the path right like we're just yeah. kind of a normal guy to be able to like work his tail off and do that. So what was it like and what was your mindset being that, being that walk on, right? Like around these guys that like were destined for the NFL and destined for absolutely like sports greatness and stuff like that. It it was honestly surreal. Even though I always wanted to play at Florida State, I was, like, I was a diehard Deion Sanders fan. I mean, I, you know, one of my first rookie cards I ever had, was his 1990 upper deck card and on the back of it it talked about him playing football at florida state so for me i was like all right that's what i want to do um but then once but me i grew up a huge avid sports fan so i mean going through you know this process and and, and actually goes going through high school and seeing okay matt liner heisman candidate reggie bush heisman candidate and then now i'm on a team with a legitimate heisman candidate for me it was just surreal being able to go out there every day with guys who 10 years prior, I would have been a little kid watching on TV and now I get to share the same field as them. Did, was it intimidating at all being around some of those guys? My first time out there as a freshman, it was at when I was, cause I was, I'm younger. So like when I actually started at Florida state, I was 17 for a couple of weeks and I turned 18. So I'm, and, and mind you, you know, I'm not an 18 year old five star built guy. I'm an 18 year old preferred walk on built guy. <laughs> you know, I'm much more of a slender build at 18 than some of these other guys are. So I remember coming out there my freshman year and seeing guys like Nigel Bradham and Vince Williams who were just stacked. I mean, like, I just remember walking into the locker room and seeing Nigel Bradham and Vince Williams and being like, these are the guys I got to hit with at practice. Like, are you kidding me? But uh, no, I mean, it was one of those things where over time you just had you had to try and just trust yourself and just be like, all right, listen, like I was, you know, the coaches thought I was good enough to be out here for whatever capacity I'm out here for. So I just got to play my role and do my job. And because if you try to get caught up with, OK, Stefante Freeman coming at me, you know, you're not going to be able to make the play. You just got to try to. And let's be real, I probably wasn't going to make the play anyway. He's going to he's going to he's going to juke me. He's going to run me through me, whatever he's going to do. So. 
I just had to go out there and do what I could. You talked about having that Heisman Trophy candidate on the team. Um, that year was obviously so special, right? Not not just because of Jameis, a lot of because of Jameis, but not just because of Jameis, but because of guys like you just talked about, Devontae Freeman and Kelvin and Kenny and Rashad. And like the list just goes on and on and on. Like it's it's insane. You know, the graphic that gets thrown up by FSU recruiting from time to time where like every starter on both sides of the ball, like yep. in the NFL, like just one of the truly, truly great teams. A lot of those guys still in the NFL. Um, oh, yeah. But talking about Jameis and talking about how special that was, this season was for him and, and as a quarterback. Um, but what gets brought up a lot, and I just want to kind of get your perspective on it, was what kind of teammate was was Jameis? I mean, I've never heard anybody say something negative as a, as a teammate, even the Bucks that just won the Super Bowl and stuff, like still love him, and he's liking all the Bucks posts and stuff like that. And so what was what was Jameis like as a teammate to – to a walk-on, right? Like to somebody that wasn't yeah. like Rashad or Defonte or, or whoever. No, and that's and, – and I, I mean, he's the best teammate, the absolute best. And I'm happy you brought that in at the end because that's what I was going to say was I think me giving, you know, that praise to him shows you how great of a teammate he was because he never had to pay me any mind if he didn't want to. I mean, you know, he is the superstar Heisman quarterback, starting quarterback. I am a walk-on linebacker who might get in when we're up 50 points. I mean, you know, he didn't have to show me any any respect or deference, but he did. And that's how he treated everyone on the team. Um, I mean, he didn't care if you were, you know, uh, the janitor cleaning up the locker room. He didn't care if you were the backup punter. He didn't care if you were a backup linebacker. He wanted the organization as a whole to win. And he knew that the recipe, you know, for success was – doing it as a team and he was able to really be there motivate you cheer you on and i mean you know he talked to my parents he talked to my little brother you know he took photos with them he he would check in you know back then with how everything was going because you know he knew even though we might not be on the field on saturday we have our own struggles during the week of learning the opposing team's uh defensive schemes and you know going to an extra couple weight sessions uh than the starters and travel players do so he, you know he knew that grind as well he respected our grind and you know we still stay in touch to this day and it's just one of those things that goes to show you how great of a teammate he is that you know he still texts me on on different holidays or for my birthday or that I'll check in with him you know when he had his first born child or when he gets married and just seeing how his family's doing I mean he is just like genuinely to the core a good person so you know I hated and I still hate when people in the media you know try and label him as something because like you said anyone that has ever played a down, a snap with him, knows how great of a player and teammate and most importantly a man he is. Yeah, no, he's been he's been incredible to watch. He's been incredible to follow. And it really started all around sports, right? Like so as a as a twenty how old was I? 23, 24 year old, you know, young man, I just loved him for what he was doing on Saturdays, right? And then right. you kind of see what he was doing off the field whether it be at schools, whether it be with his Dream Forever Foundation um, here in Tampa, whether it's his charity work in New Orleans or just whatever. You know, the fact that he gives so much and does so much with uh, Hueytown back at home. And like you said, every teammate that we've ever had on or anyone that we've ever talked with has kind of had those same reviews. We asked Mike Martin Jr., if, if you watched that, we asked him about Jameis, and he just said – he was just the real deal. Like that's all he had to say. He was just like he was just the real deal, you know. And oh, yeah. Meets obviously coached Buster Posey and 
he's you know close with all of those guys and like he's like he was just the best i think the i think that's exactly what he said he was like james was just the best <laughs> oh yeah and speaking of baseball i mean for me like i said i was talking about Deion sanders you know i grew up loving these two sports athletes two sports star and then now after we win the national championship, I get to stroll on over to Dick Kaiser Stadium in the spring and watch our Heisman quarterback, you know, come in in relief and throw two scoreless innings. Like we would all sit, all of us in the stands, like cheering him on. It was just, it was a blast. I mean, like you, you had to see him playing ball before he became the superstar and then also seeing him play baseball as a superstar football player and just, you know, we came running into Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and everything like that. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> and, like, that's just the kind of guy he is. Like, no one else can pull that off but him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, he's genuinely – he's he's genuinely – sorry, Richie, I told you you could go. And then I, but, but, yeah, like, as much fun as he is, like, as good of his guy – like, he's the biggest goofball, too. And, like, exactly. we all love that, too. It just makes it more fun because, like, if I exactly. ever did a half that stuff, people like, dude, what, what are you doing? But, like, James doesn't – like, eating the W's and, like, doing the robot and stuff, like – we just want to laugh. So, all right, Richie, I won't cut you off again. <laughs> yeah, no, it, James, it's wild. He was like a rock star baseball player. You know, I, I live here in Orlando. They, Florida State, UCF had a two-game series here, and UCF set attendance records back-to-back -back nights because everyone <laughs> wanted to see Jameis. And yeah. then I remember, I remember going down to Tampa to watch him. At, um, yeah. First, he was playing the Yankees in the spring training, right. and uh, we uh, got some really good seats. The booster hooked us up. Shout out Eric Carr, my booster rep. Um, uh, but yeah, but there's or MLB scouts right behind us, and when Jameis came out, the crowd went nuts. Like these people are crazy about this guy. But it's, <laughs> it's fun to hear the stories about how you being a walk on, and he still texts you on your birthday and big holidays and stuff like that. That's just really cool to hear. So, oh, yeah. what, what I want to know is uh, how does the preferred walk on process work? Because obviously, you're good enough to probably get a scholarship at some places, but your love for Florida State made it an easy decision, I'm assuming. Um, right. So where did you go to high school and how did that work out? Who was reaching out to you? Uh, just talk me through that process. No, definitely. So I, I did have, you know, some smaller D1 AA offers and, uh, you know, spoke uh, Jacksonville University, one of those smaller D1 schools. Um, Back then, I was talking with FAU a little bit, and you know, back then in 2010, FAU was a completely different program than it is now. You know, I don't know if FAU would still be interested in me if I, if I was uh, playing nowadays. But, yeah, so you know, I was talking with schools, you know, who were smaller D1 programs, and even talking to a few Ivy League schools, just because my grade point average was probably not high enough for that school, but higher than you know your average football recruit. So I was kind of trying to you know mix them both for that, but. Actually, during my uh, senior year of high school, uh, and I played at Martin County High School in Stewart, Florida. Um, and actually, notably, it's kind of uh, just this past weekend, Justin Simmons, the Denver Broncos starting safety, signed that $60 million deal. My senior year, I was starting on defensive line and linebacker. He was our starting safety. So we had, you know, we had some players. Um, and you guys will know guys like Jeff Luck and Giorgio Newberry, LaMarcus Brutus. We're all from the Treasure Coast. I mean, we all grew up like playing against each other in basketball, football. Um, I tore my ACL halfway through uh, my senior year of high school. So, you know, that was a tough process to overcome. And so I was, you know, speaking with Florida State from afar um, at the time. And then once I actually got on and they basically said, you know, if you come here academically, you know, we, we kind of we got a spot for you on the football team. So come check in with us uh, first day on campus. And so. That's really how that process started. Um, but then even then when I came on campus, because I had, you know, after I tore my ACL, I had gained some, you know, I was about 215 in high school. 
some of that weight turned into bad weights. I'm not running. And then, so then I, that whole summer I lost a bunch of weight. So I came on the campus around maybe 190 pounds and you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to play division one linebacker at 190 pounds. So they were like, listen, you know, we want to bring you out, see if we can work you at some different positions. And so they actually brought me out uh, spring of my freshman year. So spring of 2011. Um, and that was my first, you know, interaction with the Florida state football team at that point. Yeah. And then, you know, one of the biggest games, uh, not biggest games, but, you know, I remember that Idaho game when it, you guys dropped 80 on them uh, oh, yeah. and you got to get into the game. Like, what is that like? Because obviously you didn't play a whole lot being a walk on, um, but you're going through the grind every single week in practice. You're doing everything that, you know, Jameis is doing. Um, but to, what's it like to actually get in the game like that late in the season? I think it was a week before we played Florida, uh, just getting in that game and, and a blowout, you know, seeing 80 points again, that's a lot of points for a football game. What was that like? It, it was a dream come true. You know, I've been asked that question a couple of other times and it's the only answer I can give it because, you know, I didn't go into Florida state expecting to ever really get any play time. You know, I, I always said, as long as I can put on this helmet and play ball, like I just love football. I love Florida State. I love being a part of the program. I, you know, I used to have people ask me, oh, don't you wish you ended up, you know, going to FAU or Jacksonville University where you would have got more playtime? And I always said no, because I wouldn't have gotten to travel to these amazing places. Like, you know, I wouldn't have been able, and obviously, you know, we wouldn't, you didn't know the national championship was going to happen when I you know, came to Florida State, but I ended up being in LA signing autographs like at Disneyland. Like, I mean, you, you can't do that at FAU. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, you're not going to play with Heisman potential you know quarterback so for me getting in a game was a dream come true because during the season obviously you know that year we were beating teams by exponentially more points than in the past so all of us walk-ons were all like you know a little excited like "Uh oh okay we might get in we might get in um but i think what florida state does great is they get their you know their younger five-star and younger four-star players an opportunity in the second half to really play that whole second half and get valuable game time experience. So even when we were up by, you know, 20, 30 points, it was something where we weren't like a shoe in to get in. Um, And I remember, you know, talking with coach Kelly those few weeks leading up to it. And, um, you know, he stayed on me and I, I, I love coach Kelly. You know, I know that he, you know, once he became defensive coordinator, you know, the critics started chirping a lot more, but for like, honestly, he was an amazing coach. Um, and, you know, he was also our special teams coordinator at that time. So I think I kind of got lucky in the sense that the guy who was in charge of special teams got to see me day in and day out of practice as a linebacker. And then I know Coach Vic and the graduate assistants who are working more with us um, are able to kind of say, hey, no, he's doing what he needs to be doing in the weight room. He's doing what he needs to be doing by showing up at practice. And and that's really it. If you're if you're a walk on, you know your skill set's not going to necessarily be what gets you on the field. It's going to be, okay, this man is coming to every 5 a.m. workout. This man is showing up on time. This man's doing the extra little things we need to do on the practice field and giving us good looks. So, you know what, let's reward him with an opportunity to get on the field. So, And that was great for me because I got to line up, you know, next to Aguayo, next to Reggie Northrup, next to LaMarcus Brutus. And, I mean, my fa- my family was in the stands, my friends were in the stands, and it was just like – it's almost one of those things though when like he called my name to go out there and then before you knew it it was done and it was like wait i didn't even get to enjoy what i, I did <laughs> you know what i mean so going back and watching like the, the you know that play 
helps me relive it because when you're out there, you're just like, okay, don't trip and fall when you're sprinting. You know what I mean? Like, don't be that guy that you know messes up the penalty. Like, don't don't try to be a hero. Just go down there and do what you need to do. But I made sure I made uh, I, I hit the wedge and made some contact with these guys because I had to do it. I couldn't I couldn't resist. But Aguayo did hit a touchback, so I was like, oh man, like at least give me an opportunity. I kind of felt like Mark Wahlberg when he's um. You know, in, in invincible, he's, yeah, in and invincible, and he's running down the field. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt at that time. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. It, I know you. In just a random thought, Reggie Northrup, man, I saw a video of him in his latest uh, MMA fight. Man, did you know okay. he could throw hands like that? I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, he's a fun-loving guy, but yeah, he was someone you didn't want to mess with. I mean, he was from the moment he stepped on campus, just chiseled. I mean, like this guy was built just like out of this world. And I, I didn't know that he had necessarily that ability, but I'm not surprised by it at all. I mean, that guy, give him a sport, give him time to learn it and he's going to excel at it. Yeah. So going from there, so you played at Florida state, won a national title, you got your ring, went to law school. Now you're a criminal defense attorney and an NFL agent. We have the draft coming up here. Um, you mentioned you have a couple clients in this draft that you're re really excited about. Just talk about those guys a little bit. Absolutely. So, and I think uh, one little last tip on all that, you know, playing with these guys is what helped me. I always wanted to be a sports agent. I mean, I love sports just like you guys do. Um, but actually playing with these top, you know, players in the country, seeing what they went through. You know, I remember going to Jameis's Pro Day uh, my first year of law school, and that was one of the coolest events I've ever been to. And seeing what these players liked about their agents, what these players didn't like about their agents, it just helped me better understand the players. And that's what made me be like, you know what, this is definitely what I want to do. Um, so, yeah, I went to Florida State Law School. And then to be an NFL agent, you actually have to have either a graduate degree or a law degree. And so for me, going to law school, it actually delayed the amount of time it would take for me to actually sit down and take the NFLPA agent exam. So... What I tried to do was, you know, keep my relationships not only with the Florida State program, but, you know, with the NFL as strong as possible while in law school. So I actually began doing marketing, you know, for a couple of guys that I used to play with, like Carlos Williams and Jacoby McDaniel. Carlos was with the Buffalo Bills at the time and Jacoby was at the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, that kind of gave me the opportunity to have my first opportunity to represent, you know, NFL players so that once I became an agent, and I'm looking to actually sign a player and they say, OK, well, you know, why should I hire you? OK, I can talk about being an attorney. I can talk about being a football player. But now I can also say, well, I've worked with these couple NFL players and here's what I was able to do for them. Um, so I'm very grateful and thankful for my fo former Florida State players to give me that opportunity. Um, but, yeah, for this year, you know, this is my third uh, draft class. And, you know, I've had players sign at, as priority free agents on the third day of the draft these last two years. And this year, I'm looking to take that next step and get, uh, you know, some players drafted. And, you know, the biggest names we have this year, well, actually, I got four guys. And so uh, Xavier Kelly, defensive tackle out of Arkansas. Uh, he originally was the number one player in Kansas, one of the top players in the country, went to Clemson, won a few national championships there, and then transferred to Arkansas uh, for his final season of collegiate football. I have uh, TJ Simmons wide receiver from West Virginia who originally played at Alabama. And then they had like the biggest receiving class uh, of all time that they brought in, you know, multiple first round picks. So he transferred to West Virginia and just finished off a great career there. I have uh, Noah Curtis defensive end out of uh, FIU. 
And uh, he's someone that, you know, won a lot of awards down there and we're excited about. And then uh, Deontay Ruffin, cornerback from uh, Western Kentucky, who is just a freak athlete. So we got four guys and, uh, you know, we, we, two of them have done their pro days already on March 10th and March 18th. We got two more coming up the 29th and April 1st. And then, uh, you know, we'll see what happens come draft weekend. But, you know, we definitely a couple of guys are popping up, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round on the mock drafts that you see online. So. Yeah, I think I think all of them are going to get their shot in the NFL, whether it comes by way of a priority free agent or a late round draft pick. So, you know, we're excited for this year's draft class. No, that's super exciting. And and we're not only cheering for them, but also cheering for you because that, like you said, takes the next step in your career, too. I love your passion. Not to I mean, you were gassing us up on the <laughs> beginning, but I love your passion for everything, because, again, you just remind me so much of myself. A lot of these guys that are playing sports like aren't even the biggest sports fans, right? Like a lot of these five-star athletes, like they're just there because that's what they're good at. Like I'm not – like I work in human resources. I'm not a big human resources fan. I just – I just, you know, like I just – I that's what I do, you know? Right. Like, but I love oh, the yeah. passion that comes through like, you know, not only when you were playing, you know, you were sitting on the, you were sitting on the sideline of, of these big games just – you just had a better seat, but you were doing the same thing I was doing, bro. You were just cheering your butt off like I was, man. Like, oh, yeah. Well, and, and yeah, I remember um, we were in practice one time, or we were in the meeting rooms beforehand. And I remember Jimbo being like, "All right, who in here knows Marcus Allen?" And I'm like, "I, I do. I'm a huge sports fan." But then you see some of the best running backs in the country not even know who the heck Marcus Allen is, right. and it's, but it's so true. And I've seen that now. Um, you know, representing athletes like, you know, when they get cut from a team, you know, I'm, you know, we might link up on a weekend to hang out and I'm like, all right, you want to go watch some football? Whatever. Nah, I'm good. Like they don't want to watch football. They don't want, they don't care what's going on because they're part of it. And yeah, they don't, they don't look at because they're so involved with it. And I'll tell you what, as far as being an agent, that's the one thing that I will caution people is like, I don't watch enough other sports now. And I don't watch like, the teams I used to as much because now I'm so focused on my players that it does make you kind of as a fan switch your gears of who you're looking at, what you're watching. Um, what, what is the, what is your relationship now? Like with FSU, like, are you involved at all? Um, still around Tallahassee or still around Florida state? Uh, are you able to kind of combine anything that you're, that you're doing right now or what's that look like? Definitely. So, you know, with it was nice when I was in law school, it was still pretty much the same staff from when I was playing there. So I was still around the program a lot. Um, then when Willie Taggart came in, I was actually living and working as a prosecutor down in Palm Beach. So unfortunately, I wasn't as involved with the program as I would have liked to be uh, when Willie was here. And then um, I moved back here in November of 2018. And so I, I was kind of got to see, you know, Willie slide out. Mike Norvell come in with his new staff. And, you know, fortunately, uh, I've had the opportunity to build a relationship with, you know, Coach Norvell and, and you know, his staff. And what I've liked about it is they've not just they, – they've been very inclusive. You know, we get our, like, former alumni player emails all the time. You know, they want to bring us back for practices. They want to bring us back for game for the victory walk on Friday nights. They want to bring us back, you know, for the spring game on April 10th. So I've loved how they've included – you know, former players of all calibers, whether a preferred walk-on, whether a Heisman quarterback. So I've loved that. But, you know, as far as getting back involved with the program, you know, I've had several meetings up there with them and 
uh, you know, I, I have been able to do some, you know, work as an attorney uh, with the program as well. And, you know, really my goal is to get an opportunity to speak to these players and try to connect with them and, and, and give them some basic understanding of, you know, these these small time crimes that college students in general, not just athletes, will run into on a weekly basis, you know, whether it's, you know, being a possession of alcohol by a minor, you know, if it's potentially driving under the influence or being in the car with someone who's driving under the influence and what that entails and what that charge really is. And, you know, what the penalty could be if you have drugs on you or, you know, some of these horrible stories that I've seen both as a prosecutor and as a criminal defense attorney of, you know, a female who, you know, might be making false allegations against you. And obviously I was on the team with, with Jameis when, you know, all, all of that drama was going on. So I have kind of some firsthand experience both as a player and then as an attorney of, of these nightmares that collegiate athletes can run into. So my goal is to really, you know, be able to continue to grow my relationship with the program and have that opportunity to speak to them because, you know, not knocking any speakers that have come through there, but I know when I was 20, 21 years old, if you have some guy that's coming in there that's 40 to 50 years old, you know, I was the same way. Like, I can't even fault him. Like, I'd be like, man, I don't, like, don't want to listen to you. I, I, why should I listen to you? How am I going to connect with you? Things of that nature. So I feel like when I come back in there as a 28-year-old and say, hey, you know, just six, seven years ago, I was practicing getting ready for a national championship game. Now, these past six, seven years, I've been focusing my life as an attorney. And let me tell you how you can help better yourself both on and off the field as a collegiate athlete. So that's really what I would love to do. I mean, I think that's a big reason why I'm an agent. I'm trying to give back to the players and help them and their families, you know, reach the pinnacle of their careers. Cause I was fortunate enough to reach the pinnacle of mine at Florida state. And so I want to help other people reach theirs. Yeah. And I think that's so big and something that we're really proud of you for and something that we appreciate because Rich and I are a little older, not like super old. I mean, we're like 31. <laughs> well, Richie's, Richie's like, Richie, how are you 33 in like a 62 year old's body or something like that? Um, yeah, I, I go to bed at nine o'clock every night. <laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm but, pissed that Florida State plays at 7.45 on Monday. Dude, night. I'm so excited. So, like, my, Paul, I got two little kids. I know you know this, but I got two little kids and they go down around seven. So, like, we play at 7.45. That gives me like 30 minutes to, like, all right, chill out, eat some dinner, you know. <laughs> Get a nice comfy spot on the couch, clean up a little bit. I'm like, 7:45. Yes. Richie's like, man, I was over that thing with Tim off at like five o'clock. And I'm like, Richie, why are you like 800 years old, bro? Like, so anyway, but no, we're super proud of that. And I think it's all education, right? Like, because guys, the world is just so different now. Yeah. With the the thing that made um the, you know the Jameis situation so crazy was um stuff like that had happened before, but the social media aspect of of that and everything else in the world social media was like at its absolute well it, i mean it's at its peak now but like was at a different place in 2013 2014 than it had ever been we, we didn't have this constant news cycle news feed like every step that Jameis took on campus was like documented because that was the first time that florida state had had like a star star like that since like the early 2000s and it just right. wasn't the same with social media coming in and stuff now and so like guys didn't really know, man, like every step you take is being like, oh, yeah. like filmed and recorded and stuff now. Like, and, and it's obviously even more magnified now, but like guys understand that now, right? Like guys under guys at 
So it's it's about educating the the kids and stuff, and that's so so big. I mean, we've got a great relationship with uh, with with the FSU boosters, and we we encourage people every week to go and and contribute there because that's what it all kind of comes back to. You being an agent, you helping out with the current program now, us trying to tie in the boosters to a lot of stuff that we do. I mean, it all goes back to the athletes, and it all goes back to helping the kids and supporting the program that we love. And we get on here for an hour, an hour and a half in a week and like rave about and obsess about, but it's all, it all goes back to the kids and helping them out. And we've had different coaches on to talk about that impact and talk about what that is. But the fact that we can, and you can educate them and help them in, in that aspect just really goes to show, you know, how much it means to you to, to continue to give back. So, so we're proud of that. And we're, we appreciate that you do that as well. Uh, thank you. And, and it's, I mean, yeah, after playing, playing for, you know, four years in undergrad and going to, you know, two and a half years of law school up here. I mean, you know, they always talk about how Odell Higgins, you know, believes that garnered in gold and it's, you know, I'm nowhere close to being, you know, involved with the program for as long as he will probably will never reach that status. But I mean, just having been in this town for so long and having so many ties to it, I mean, it's just, it's kind of the natural thing. It's so easy for me to want to give back because they were so good to me and I wouldn't be where I am without Florida state and without Florida state football. So it's an easy transition. And, you know, with that's the one thing with me being an agent, you know, there's certain restrictions of what I can and can't do. And that's what I've always told the program is like, listen, I know I'm an agent. And if it means, you know, not going after current Florida state guys for me to come in here and, and speak to the program, I'm fine with that. You know, I represent some former Florida state guys that I play with like Carlos Williams and Matthew Thomas who are in the CFL now, but I really just want to give back to the program and, and help these guys out with my lawyer hat on. Like I don't, and my former player hat on. Like I don't. I can leave the agent stuff at the door and come in there and just try to help these kids from, you know, a, a real like human to human perspective. Tell us about your thoughts on the uh, the direction of FSU's program. You talked about like being invited back and getting to develop a relationship with the coaches and, and things. Norvell on staff now. Um, been a tumultuous couple of years. The pandemic didn't help that. Um, I've talked about this with everybody that's been on. I'm not making excuses for Coach Norvell, but no other coach took over a program of this level um, exactly. that had that had fallen this far during a pandemic. And so, like, you know, it you still got to win. Like, you don't just get a path like that forever. But like, nobody's taking over something like this um, in the midst of a pandemic. But recruiting's going well right now. There's a lot of excitement. There's um, some good things happen and obviously that has to translate on the field, but like, what are your thoughts on the the direction of the program? Coach Norvell, FSU football in, in general, as somebody who's been around and played for them and, and very familiar with, with the program. So, you know, and thank you for asking. And, you know, I personally think that we are headed in the right direction. Um, you know, like I said, I've had the opportunity and the privilege to meet, you know, coach Norvell a couple of times, some of the other staff and, I just love the positive energy and accountability that this that this staff has. It, it really is reminiscent, you know, to Jimbo's staff and how you know they're excited about playing football, but you know we mean business here. And if you're not going to be you know acting right and doing the right things, then we don't want you a part of the program. And you know, as hard nosed and maybe old school that that you know that mindset might be, I think it's what's important. Uh, not only to have a winning program, but especially when you're rebuilding a program, you know, any player, I think, or even a coach, you know, can be a cancer to a team very quickly um, because, you know, if they have a lackadaisical attitude or they're showing up late or they're not doing the right things in and out of the classroom, you know, that stuff can rub off on younger players very quickly and it can create a, a, 
a toxic environment very fast. So what I like about them is that this staff is they're, they're young, they're hungry. You know, they have proven success at different schools. But I think now a lot of these coaches here are having an opportunity to really take their next step and, and, and increase their legacy as a coach. And, you know, whether they use this as a stepping stone to go be, you know, if you're an assistant coach and you use this as a stepping stone to go be a head coach elsewhere, that's great. You know, give us everything you got here and, you know, help us win the championship and you're going to have those opportunities elsewhere. So I like where the program's at. And overall, what I've seen these last couple of years that I really like is that, you know, there's been some, you know, uh, negative media reports that come out, but, you know, Coach Norvell gets right in front of it. I mean, he doesn't try to hide from it. He, you know, gets right in front of it. He, he gets on TV. He makes his statements. And I love that. And he supports his players. And that's something that I love, too, because Jimbo had us our backs. I mean, he fought for us. He fought for everybody on the team. And that's what I see with, with Coach Norvell as well. And just from being someone who's still, you know, is in tune with, with players and what's going on at practice, just from the environment that I heard of where the practices were at under the previous regime and where practices are at now is night and day. And it seems like practices are much more in line with how they were when Jimbo was here. And that's the type of culture you need to have a winning program. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you out of here in a minute, but I have to ask you, let's go get away from uh Dope Campbell. Let's go to the Tucker Center, man. Uh, you've been following this basketball team and, uh, you know, this season at seeing Coach Hamilton, you know, when, when you were there in 2013, you know, they, they were kind of on the downswing, you know, 14, 15, 16. There were questions of even if Hamilton should be able to keep his job. Right. Now, now he's got us as one of the, you know, top 15 programs in the country, probably. And it's been a blast to watch. Did you interact with any basketball players or coach ham while you were there? And what are your thoughts on the team as we just took down UNC Greensboro and get ready for Colorado tomorrow night? Absolutely. So for me having, you know, even though I wasn't necessarily playing on Saturdays and being a player on the football team, you know, going to basketball games was, I feel like what everyone else was able to do when going to football games. That was my time to go marvel at other athletes. That was my time to kind of be a student, you know what I mean? And really, sit in the student section and, you know, have a drink, have some nachos, enjoy the game. So for me, college basketball, especially at the Tucker Center with Florida State, was huge in undergrad because that's when I got to feel like a student. And, uh, you know, I agree. It was it was I always thought they was pretty they were pretty hard on Coach Ham with that. I mean, you know, we, we were always, you know, making some pushes. I think I want to say, you know, you know, we, we made a great push with Michael Snare, you know, to the Sweet 16. And, you know, we were making some good pushes back then. And then, yeah, they got really hard on him when I was in law school. And I remember one of the big things was uh, us trying to get Andrew Wiggins to come to Florida State. Uh, and I was excited about that, you know, being the sports fan, like I told you guys I am, you know, having Jameis Winston on the football team, having Andrew Wiggins on the basketball team would have been great. But, you know, fast forward to now, I mean, Leonard Hamilton is getting those Andrew Wiggins type players and more on a regular basis. And, it's awesome to see because, I mean, he's just such a figurehead of a program, how he walks, how he talks, how he dresses, how he carries himself. I mean, that's who you want as, you know, the patriarch of, of a program. And so, you know, he's a father figure to these kids and, you know, he has so much energy. It's unbelievable. I mean, the guy doesn't look like an, a day over the age of 50. And it's just like he it's almost like he's getting younger every year. So I'm excited about it. Um, Scardy Barnes is just you know a freak and you know he th those are the types of things that i marvel at because you know 
even though I saw freak athletes like Kelvin Benjamin on the field in football, it's like, okay, Scotty Barnes is, you know, bigger than Kelvin, longer than he is. And he's jumping higher and he's moving faster. So that's where it's like, it gets put into perspective real quick to me, how freakish of athletes these guys are. And I mean, we have a hell of a team here. I mean, MJ, I think is going to have a fantastic tournament and I'm just excited to be able to cheer on, you know, a Florida state team deep into, into the tournament. I'm hoping. They've been super fun to watch really for the last several years. Um, And a lot of the FSU, you know, football's hitting a rough spot, but a lot of the programs we talked about coming on here, baseball, looking to sweep Miami, just beat Florida on Tuesday. Um, Softball's incredible. Beach volleyball is like number one in the country. Women's basketball plays tonight. So a lot of great stuff going on. Um, Paul, we appreciate you so much for for coming on and hanging out with us tonight. Hopefully we didn't take up too much of your time, but the interview was we were riding high, man. It was a lot of fun stuff to uh, to chat about, but thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're, we're definitely going to get you on again uh, at some point in the near future, but man, we appreciate all you've done for FSU and for us in general and, and the kids now, but Man, good luck to your guys in the draft, and um, hopefully we'll we'll all celebrate with uh, gut boxes up there in Tallahassee soon when things get back to a little bit more normal. <laughs> no, thank you guys for having me on. Like I said, I'm a big fan, and uh, I tune in all the time to listen to all the great guys you get on here. And I love more of the wrong cut, you know, approach you guys take to these. And you guys have a special, you know, thing going on with this with this podcast. So I'm happy to be on it. Thank you. Appreciate it, bud. You have a good one, man. Go Knowles. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. See you, buddy. Paul Aloisi Jr., um, NFL agent, criminal defense attorney, and most importantly, 2013 national champion. (laughs) Um, Man, he was great, Richie. I really appreciated his time, his interview, um, getting to learn about kind of what it was like from a little bit different perspective um, when he was playing, and then what he's doing now is pretty incredible. And then – but everybody we talk to thinks Norvell's got this ship heading in the right direction. So not just local FSU homers. Like when we talk to Salee and Andy Staples and those national guys too, they, they say the same thing. So I'm excited for it. Um, but speaking of excited, we've got an exciting, uh, we've got an exciting game coming up tomorrow. We're going to jump into um, Richie's basketball minute here in just a second. But Richie, what do you think about that interview? Yeah, man, he, he was great. And it, it's, it's, awesome to hear the perspective you know we've had you know all pros like antonio cromartie on here but to hear the perspective of a walk-on you know what that's like and then uh, you know who <laughs> went to law school now is an nfl agent just a lot of great perspective i thought paul was great we definitely need to get him back on here yeah no absolutely um i want to get him on you know once his guys all get signed and drafted and everything yeah. else like that to like kind of chat about it the draft is i mean we're in the middle of march madness so i'm going to try and not go too far off into the draft just yet, but man, the draft is one of the most fun weeks. Um, because there's, I mean, it doesn't matter if your team like us won the Super Bowl or <laughs> finished last, like who finished last this year? Oh, the Jags, yeah. but there's so much excitement, you know, now like Trevor Lawrence, so yeah, right, yeah. So, like, whether you were the best or the worst, you're either still riding high off the Super Bowl or you've got the next coming of, of whoever, you know, like a quarterback gonna take over for you, so like. The draft is fantastic, and all the best of luck to Paul and his team and his guys as he continues to take the next step in his career. Um, I loved hearing the involvement that he's trying to have or has with with the current program at FSU. Um, 
and and just giving back to to the players and and trying to help out and do what's best for them, trying to give them insight on on what's going on. So a great interview. I'm excited to listen back to that uh, tomorrow morning when when it drops. <laughs> um, so we appreciate you guys hanging out. We're gonna get to Richie's basketball minute in just a minute. If you're watching this, if you could retweet, share, like, comment, post, all that stuff. Um, follow us on social media, double fries, no slaw. It's double fries pod on Twitter. Um, and if you're listening to this, if you're on iTunes, thousands of people listen on iTunes every week. If you could give us a five-star review, we'd appreciate that as well. I don't, we've got way less, uh, way less five stars than people that are listening and tuning in. Our numbers have been way up this last month too. So, um, appreciate everybody kind of tuning in and checking us out. So, all right, without further ado, my favorite my favorite thing we've ever done on this podcast, without a doubt. But I mean, these are the most fun. And we're going to have one more at least, but hopefully we get more <laughs> of these than less. Uh, Richie Barnes' basketball minute, everybody. One year after being denied a run at the Final Four thanks to a global pandemic, Florida State took to the hardwood in Indianapolis for some March Madness in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. The only thing standing between the Knolls and the round of 32 would be a scrappy Spartan team from Greensboro, North Carolina. The Tribe would get off to a hot start, taking an early 13-2 lead, topped off by a pair of Sadar sharp shooting Calhoun free throws. While it looked like the good guys would coast to an easy W, the Spartans had other ideas in the first 20 minutes, making this game closer than any of us would have liked. Isaiah Thomas Miller found his group early, helping UNCG close the gap, keeping this one well within distance of a potential first-round upset, of which we saw many over the weekend. Greensboro came out with force to start the second half, thanks to an early Keyshawn Johnson Langley three ball, nodding the game at 29. From there, the Tribe would go on a 12-0 run, seemingly putting this one out of reach, but an Isaiah Reggie Miller jumper with 538 to play would make this a one-point game at 49-48 late. Luckily for the good guys, Old Faithful, a.k.a. Raekwon, 50 shades of gray, delivered when his team needed him the most with back-to-back buckets slamming the door on this one. But for those in Vegas, it was an Anthony Polite dunk with two ticks on the clock to cover the spread, leaving betters everywhere yelling, this is Sparta! Knowles win 64-54 and will take on Colorado Monday night at 7.45 p.m. as the tribe survives and advances. Survive in advance. That's the name of the game. Another excellent basketball minute. Uh, we haven't commented on what. He, uh, let me not get canceled. Let me not say it like that. But like what either one of us are wearing. Uh, but we both. We're both. I like your shoulders. Your shoulders look great here, uh, Richie. Um, I've got my. Um, what is this? This uh, turquoise. N7. Yeah, yeah. The N seven shirt on. This was a giveaway several years ago. Um, I, we were talking off air. I can't remember who got this for me. So whoever it was, that shout out uh, to you. It was okay. It was either Matt Thompson or, or uh, Austin Veazey. So I, it was one. So thank you, whoever it was. But um, but yeah, I got this giveaway several years ago and had to bust it out after I went yesterday. Um, but survive in advance, right? Not uh, not the prettiest at times. Sometimes the game was the absolute prettiest. Sometimes we looked really really good. We. When they came out and tied it up in the second half and made it 29 all, I was like, oh gosh. Like we had finished the first half poorly. And then Florida State goes on a 12 0 run, makes it look like it was nothing. Got close again with like five minutes to go, but Raekwon kind of did his thing and extended the lead enough to where uh, it wasn't super in doubt at the end. But we did let kind of a bad team hang around and made it closer than I would have liked. 
we found a way to win and, and move on. So good stuff from the Knowles there. Thoughts on the game yesterday outside of your uh, basketball minute? Yeah, man, it started, started off as good as could be. You know, it, after the second media timeout, uh, Greensboro only had four points. Uh, the defense was good, and we knew they were not a good shooting team heading into the game. Um but yeah, it's a little disappointing that you let them hang around. But at the same time, look all over the country. You know, Ohio State, Texas, the two seed and three seed—they're done. Their tournament's over. Florida State moves on. Uh, we're a one-point favorite to open up against Colorado for tomorrow night. So really excited about that. But yeah, like I mentioned, Raekwon Gray—he's been our best player all year. You know, Scotty's the best NBA prospect by far. MJ is probably the best college player when he's playing at his peak, but Raekwon Gray is just so consistent, um, played outstanding. You know, I think he had 17 points yesterday. What's wild to me, Florida State, we were the best three-point shooting team in the ACC, 10th best in the country heading into this game, 0 for 9. If you told me we were not going to make a single three-pointer, I, I would think, man, that we might our season might have been over at that, but they they found a way, you know, held them to 54 points which is really good, you know, just 64 offensively, which is, I, I thought we'd score in the mid eighties. Um, but again, March Madness, it's all about survival and advance. And that's what we do. And we're playing for a shot at the sweet 16 to potentially play Michigan in, in the next weekend. So overall, you can't be mad again. It, it was sloppy at times, looked good at times, but at the same time, again, Ohio state, Texas, others are, are done and we still play. So uh, I'm happy with any win. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll load up all the cliches today, but I'd rather I'd rather win ugly than uh, lose pretty if if that's possible. I'll tell you who wishes they were still playing, and that's Virginia, and that's Duke, yeah. and that's North Carolina, uh, and that's all those other ACC teams minus Syracuse. So, <laughs> um, which man, that two three zone is so built for March. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Buddy Beheim, take- shout out Buddy Beheim, man, that guy is playing out of his mind in March. I. Uh, I'm thankful that we won. You know, like I said, it's about moving on. It's about finding a way to win. And yesterday, Florida State found a way to win. They also shot 0 for 9 from 3, which I don't know how often that's going to happen. Became the first team since 2018's Kentucky to play an entire game without hitting a 3, which is kind of crazy, right? Like every game, so you think there were – there's 60 – what, 63 games plus the 4 to start. So 67 games a year. So 67 games in – 2019 and a bunch this year um, all teams hit three minus us yesterday we were the first one since again three years back that that hadn't done it so um you got to think florida state shoots a little better from distance uh turnovers were high-ish but down from what they were in the acc tournament so 15 turnovers you can clean that up and and give yourself like three or four more possessions get that down to 11 12 you know florida state's going to turn the ball over without a true true point guard i mean that's just going to happen but if you get the turnovers down to 11 12 a game and get your three-point shooting up to i mean even 20 percent right then yeah. you know you you, well, the, the you, you that game go all the year yeah we shot 40 yeah. percent on the year um and i i just have to say i don't like calling out players but number zero does not need to be starting anymore get, start scotty uh, you know, use use Raquan Evans off the bench. I think he's a great player in a, you know, as a role player, support guy coming off the bench. He does not need to be starting. Um, start Scotty. And I know Hamilton is very firm in, in his belief, so it's probably not going to happen. But, man, it's that's tough watching him start every game. And 
Ah, but that's okay. We, we just got to keep moving on uh, in Colorado. Again, I, I was a little surprised. I thought we'd be favored by more than one point tomorrow night. So it's basically a pick them. Um, they're going to be playing in a different venue than they did uh, yesterday. No team will play in the same venue for the first two games. They, they wanted to switch that up. So, uh, you know, it, hopefully <laughs> wherever we're playing tomorrow night, we, we can hit some shots from deep. Yeah. If that improves, I, I, Colorado looked great against Georgetown. Georgetown at one Georgetown point was like bad. Eight. Yeah, Georgetown at one point was eight and nine. It was a cute story with Patrick Ewing and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I get it, but Georgetown's not a great team. I think Florida State um, started out really well, but kind of got lulled to sleep a couple of times. Talking, yeah. to, We've always talked about this. We tend to play down. You know, I don't think there will be a playing down against Colorado. They're a good team. Um, Florida State should win, but, I mean, this is March, you know, and, and, yeah. and crazy things happen. It's been a crazy tournament so far. Uh, I think there's like three perfect brackets left, which even to be perfect after this first round is pretty nuts with a couple yeah. with a, a two seed getting upset in Ohio State. Um, Virginia dropping last night. Uh, three seed lost as well. Didn't a, didn't a 14 win? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, but, Texas lost to uh, Abilene Christian last yeah, night. That's right. So, um, yeah, pretty insane. So every seed has won except for a 16 this year, which again, obviously, yeah. has only happened once to – Virginia. Um, but excited for the game tomorrow night. I don't care how old you you are. I'm, I'm excited for the time of the tip. I'll, be up. Well. I'll, I'll stay up for it. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll make sure of this. This is, again, it's March. I'm, I'm uh, There's no sleeping. I'll, I'll sleep in May, right? I just got a text. Um, uh, listener wants to know if you have a, a permit for those guns or not. Um, <laughs> while we're watching this. I, I've, I haven't touched the weight room since high school when, uh, when I was forced to lift weights. I don't, I do not do that. <laughs> um, so we talked about this, the women's team plays, uh, tonight, seven 30 on ESPN two. Again, I know that you will, uh, I know that you'll, um, be watching, you know, the men's games that are on and stuff like that. Florida plays uh, Oral Roberts at that time too, so I know you'll be wanting to watch and cheer for Oral Roberts, everybody. But give our women's team a, a peek on ESPN two tonight and check them out. Um, going around the horn, really, really quick in FSU sports, and then we'll go to some spring football, and then we'll get out of here. But uh, Florida State baseball, we mentioned this beat um, Florida State. Baseball beat Florida on Tuesday night, a 10 to two drubbing, which that was fantastic. And then they have won the first two games against Miami today. They play the third game looking for the sweep down in Coral Gables at 1 PM. Uh, softball won two games yesterday and they're up on Kennesaw state right now. They play Auburn later today, looking to go four and zero over the weekend. The coaching staff had to pull together. Uh, they had a series canceled. The coaching staff had to pull together and find uh, some games for the girls to play this weekend. And they did. And we're halfway to going four and zero in those games. Uh, Florida State softball continues to roll. Beach volleyball, uh, again, number one team in the country there, and they continue to just dominate folks as well. So some fun stuff as well. They went two and zero yesterday, also. Uh, but we'll finish. We save the best for last. We'll sp- finish with football. Uh, Richie, what's going on out on the gridiron in spring football this week? Yeah, so they're back in pads. Uh, they had a, their first scrimmage yesterday, so uh, I'm looking forward to see the reports and hear what the you know coaches and players have to say. But you know they're really getting into the meat of it right now. I know you'll be up there in a few weeks for the spring game, so that'll be 
you know, the first time everything's on display, I think they had the stadium open. So people were actually in there watching. I know I saw uh, Logan over at Noel game day. He was in the stadium watching the scrimmage. Um, but yeah, it's, they're, they're right in the middle of it right now. So the, the big thing is McKenzie Milton and Jordan Travis. It sounds like it it's, could be a legitimate battle. You know, I think most people, including myself, assumed when we signed Milton that the job was his. But Jordan Travis is, is really playing some good ball. He's someone I keep an eye on uh, because even if Milton wins the job, Jordan Travis is too good of an athlete, too dynamic with the ball in his hands to not be on the field. So I, I think Mike Norvell's got himself a, a pretty good problem right there. Yeah, you'd rather have uh, the it's better that than the opposite problem we've struggled with. You know, not knowing who the quarterback would be just due to a lack of talent. But I'd rather have too much than not enough. Yeah, I mean, you've seen teams implement that though like florida did a pretty good job with it last year with spotting emory jones here and there um when trask was playing like if you've got two different skill sets and you can kind of catch teams off guard give them something extra to prepare for i mean certainly not not an issue there so excited for that go ahead sorry we've seen it right in our you know going to the nfl but in our own division you know Taysom hill with the saints you know drew Brees is the guy but Taysom Hill is too dynamic to keep off the field. That talk about quarterback battles. That'll be a fun one to watch because I I think it's Jameis's job to lose, but we'll we'll see what happens that's there. Not, that's not a battle. They're not <laughs> they no tight end beating out the goat. Like yeah. relax. Well, um, it's hilarious. <laughs> when I when I saw he signed like a hundred and twenty million dollar contract, and then I'm like, oh, every year's voidable, and like twelve of it's guaranteed. So <laughs> that, yeah, like, that was all for looks. <laughs> yeah, I think the way they use Hill is sometimes interesting. I think he does special things. He does kind of like some fun things. I know that we're not here to break down the Saints, but I think that Breeze having like kind of a noodle arm now last year really impacted a lot of that. Like he couldn't, you'll he couldn't get the ball down the field like on a third and long, and so you almost had to bring Hill into like kind of like do something tricky. Whereas I, I'm sure they'll use Hill if, if when Jameis wins out that spot, but. I don't think it'll be to the same level, you know. Yeah. I think they had to get gimmicky with, with where Breeze was at from a. Yeah, I mean, Breeze is obviously one of the greatest of all time, so that's not a disrespect to him. But like, he just didn't have it, you know, this year, especially late in the year, coming off the injury. Um, you know, it it was obviously good for the Bucks, but it kind of stunk yeah. to watch him go out the way he did at the end of the year. Um, yeah. Cause you can just so- tell he didn't have it. Yeah, but bringing it back to Tallahassee real quick, it, it did sound like, yeah, it did sound like the um, uh, Mike Norville's really happy with his tight ends right now. Uh, Cam McDonald, Jackson West, uh, a lot of praise for them. So receiving is we got to find some receivers right now, and I think our two best receivers on the team probably aren't on campus yet. Um, uh, you know, Andrew Parchment from uh, the transfer from Kansas, and then uh, Destin Hill. Uh, or Paison, he, he changes his name all the time. I don't know, but th- those two guys I think are, are are outstanding. But a young group, you know, it's the offensive line sounds like it's slowly coming together, and we knew that was a multi-year rebuild, so we're still in the process of that. Um, but Darius Washington sounds like he's dropped some bad weight and put on some good weight, and he looks really good. Uh, you know, the transfers we mentioned, Jermaine Johnson. I think he's going to be a a nightmare for a lot of the quarterbacks that we played this year. Um, so yeah, but as spring gets finished, we'll, we'll do a full, we'll probably bring somebody on, do a full recap of spring after the spring game to see where Florida state's at. But I, I think the progress is is there right now and they're making solid strides. Yeah. I'm excited to get up there. Um, 
for the spring game. Richie knows like 4,000 people that are still getting married. And so Richie's um, <laughs> skipping out on it, but I'm excited to get out there for the spring game and, uh, and see the progress of the team. See, I- I'm just glad that my team is having a spring game, not to call any shots, <laughs> but, uh, Florida, you're soft. So anyway, um, all right, Richie, that's all I've got for this week. I appreciate you hanging out. We're just at an hour now. So, Hey, 40 minutes until some hoops tips off. I'm yeah. excited to see, uh, you see these games today. We've got the fighting uh, Loyola Chicago sister Jan. Or what's the what's the lady's name? Sister, sister Jean. Uh, yeah, Jean. Oh, Jan. I'm way off here. Excited to see if Loyola Chicago can get this upset of a one seed Illinois. Um, they're only a six and a half point favorite though. So some good games today. I'm excited to to kind of see what's going on. Uh, two one seeds back to back to start the day, and then like I said, big Oral Roberts fan later tonight at, at yeah. 7:45. Well, real quick, the Illinois kind of got screwed, man. Loyola is number 10 in the Ken Palm, and they were a nine seed. Like, that was the when I heard Moses Wright was out for Georgia Tech, that was easy for me. I knew Loyola was going to win that game. They might win this game, too. So, it'll it'll be interesting to see if they can make a second, you know, Cinderella run for the past three years. A lot of low seeds playing today a 12 in Oregon State, a 13 in North Texas. Like I said, 15 Oral Roberts. 10 Rutgers one and then 11 Syracuse is, is still in it as well. So shout out to the low seeds. Hopefully they can keep it going yeah. and kind of keep their Cinderella dance uh, alive, but excited for FSU women and I excited for the men to play tomorrow night. Maybe we will see um, how things go and uh, how tired Richie is. If we win tomorrow, maybe we'll do a sweet 16 reaction show, um, but no problem. If we win tomorrow, I, I can commit to that. So, all right. Um, All right, cool. Well, we will see you guys next week. Remember, if you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, and we will certainly appreciate it, and we will be back next week. I don't know what the song is about to be, but I'll pick something, and those listening on iTunes um, can enjoy that. So we'll see you guys next week. Go Knowles. I see the sunrise creeping in. Everything changes like the desert wind. Here she comes and then she's gone again And I'm just a traveler on this earth Showing my heart behind the pocket of my shirt I just keep rolling till I'm in there Cause I'm a traveler Oh, I'm a traveler I couldn't tell you Yeah.